let yourself be stuck. There's something there for you. Like it's not just happening to you as like a bad thing that you have to demonize yourself for or like find some part of yourself that's wrong or bad for feeling stuck and not creative. Like there is something there for you. And it's just a matter of learning how to actually let yourself feel what's what's there to teach you in that resistance. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, and I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Sierra, today, who is a visionary artist and brand designer who specializes in intuitive feminine branding for six and seven figure coaches coaches. She integrates her love for alchemy, artistry, healing, spirituality, and feminine leadership into her art and designs. Sierra, I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, For any of those who don't know, Sierra is such an incredible artist and graphic designer. I've worked on, I've worked with her for my branding on multiple programs now. And I always tell her this, but it's such a relief to submit the details for something. And then the first draft, I feel like I get it back and I'm just like, this is amazing. This is like everything I imagined. And it's like such a relief to know I don't have to go in and tinker with things for like 10 hours and mess them up. And, <laughs> um, and th- these are the things that I've told Sierra, but yes, she is incredible. And Sierra, I'm so excited to have you on today. I am so excited, Kat. Yay. I'm so happy. I know. And I love that we've worked together and like we have that energy and that like presence and and relationship there. And now we get to just like have fun and offer all the things that I want to offer to your audience. And I'm just so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. We're going to have such a good combo. I can't wait. Before we jump into like all the nitty gritty stuff, can you just give us an intro of like more into you and how you got here. Oh yeah, I would love to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where do I start? Yeah, no. I I've not really had a very conventional life. Um I'm in my late 20s now. I started my business. The first iteration of my business in early 2020 was actually, well, <laughs> there was a couple iterations, but I started it um, right like the week before COVID. I was like, it's fucking time. Like it, this is, needs to happen now. And I, at the time, was just getting really back into my artistry, my painting. Like I'm a visionary artist, like you said in my bio. Um, and so I do a lot of like sacred geomet- geometrical, cosmic, earth, like that kind of Uh, vibe. And so I was getting really into that. And I was like, it's finally time to start selling my art. So it started with like an Etsy store. And then um, I hired Kate Scudder, which I know you know her. Um, And she really helped me launch my business. But so it started as just, you know, wanting to sell my art. And then it moved into like, what if I coached people around creativity and artistry and healing and shadow work around resistance to bringing our creative expression into form and stuff like that? Um, Because I was doing a lot of that work and um, just 
yeah, going through it in terms of really discovering how to how to do that in a sustainable way in an exciting way that didn't um, wasn't exhausting and felt good and all the things. Um, and after doing that for a while, I was like, I love this. Like it's it's working well, and it's something felt off. And um, you know, for me, an edge. I'm just going right in. Um, <laughs> love it. Please do. Great. <laughs> Um, an edge for me in most of my life, especially kind of having been inspired by the coaching industry and like, you know, the just the Instagram world of like empowerment, feminine magnetism, leadership, all that. Um, it's been hard for me to accept that I that it's like enough and totally okay to have my expression and my form of healing and my form of teaching be through artistry rather than like one-on-one -on -one coaching or um you know teaching classes or doing that kind of stuff because I love doing that but it doesn't there's something for me that feels so deeply magical in creating art and that's kind of what led me into doing design work like about a year and a half ago it was like spring of 2021 um I just essentially got I'll deep lots of incredibly powerful messages from the universe that was like oh do web design do do this blah blah like do do design and i was like i don't never studied what what am i supposed to do and i literally just started practicing and i had been working with a yoga studio to make like some really basic graphics for instagram and flyers and stuff and so i knew a little bit but i just posted on facebook and instagram like i'm gonna start doing this and it just landed like immediately and it was like i had just and basically since then it's been like a roller coaster of just being almost fully booked all the time and it, it was just insane i was like what is happening um but it was it was a really an amazing process of um both being validated and listening to my intuition and being validated in that you know my artistry is enough you know it's kind yeah. of at least the last couple years of how i've gotten to where i am and uh, also i'll just actually say one other thing Prior to me starting my business, I um, I went to Naropa University in Boulder, which most people don't know about it, but it's a Buddhist based university in Colorado. And um, I studied yoga and psychology and um, art there and a little bit of environmental studies. So I have like this massive background in like studying like everything under the sun. Like I went through a phase of being obsessed with science and quantum physics and like before it was cool, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I have this wild background and I really love where I am now because I feel like everything that I've studied and learned from like yoga to body work to emotional alchemy to um, like health and nutrition, like everything comes into the work that I do now. What I really think stands out with that is this natural ease and flow. Like you do have such a beautiful background and the creativity coaching, the Etsy, all of that sounds like wonderful. And it reminds me of this, like following the pole, taking the next step until you really kind of like find your groove into the right way for you to be doing things and releasing any of the way or any of the shoulds that the way that we think we need to be successful or we should be successful because it is so unique to you. And although I'm sure you're like an amazing create, like coaching on creativity and your Etsy art and all of that is beautiful and amazing too. When you really kind of like fit into this groove that felt so natural. And then just people like flooded into that. Um, when it isn't necessarily like conventional path in your mind that you thought you were going to take. And I think it's beautiful that you allowed that for yourself, that you followed it. And just a reminder that we all have our unique 
genius, our unique zone. And it may look a little bit different for everyone. And I think it makes sense. Like the Buddhist background, the yoga, the physics, like, would you say that a lot of the clients that you attract are all in that world as well? Cause I know for me, I'm like, well, that probably makes sense. Why I love your design so much is because we're you like, you understand it. And that's what I've told other people with, you know, I've worked with plenty of graphic designers and yeah, the graphic there's, they're amazing graphic designers, but did they really click with me? And did I feel like on that first draft, I was like, yes, you get it. Um, not necessarily. So mm-hmm. Would you say, like boiling that down to what I was actually asking, are a lot of your clients also in like interested in these things? Either they work in these things or they have backgrounds or what do you find with that? Yeah, I have. I definitely. Yes, is my short answer. Um yeah. And, you know, it took a little bit of refinement, which, you know, you're ta- I feel like where this might be going is a little bit in the direction of like how important energy is in both branding. And I mean, more generally in your business of like, who are you attracting? You know, what kind of people do you want to work with? Like, who are you currently working with? Is that aligned with your energy and where you want to be, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, And for me at the beginning, when I started doing design, I attracted a certain kind of people, which I've been obsessed with all of my clients, like in my design journey. And I've found that this year and particularly like spring onwards of this year, like I have just found the most epic soulmate clients like it's and it's just and it's almost become this effortless magnetism and attraction that i know is such a big theme in this in this space that we're all in um but uh, yeah like i really felt like i settled into my power and my artistry and like like I said earlier, you know, knowing that my artistry is enough, like once I really settled into that, it was like the most amazing people started showing up and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And it's really cool. Cause all my different clients are into it's, it's almost like maybe they have a different background of like studying different things. Like maybe not everyone is super spiritual or whatever, but like, you know, I have one client who is a grief coach and like she is amazing and I have and like we have this connection because my mom passed away a couple years so like there's that energy there and then I have another client who traveled the world and was a yoga teacher and I'm like I resonate with that I used to do that and so there's like all these similarities but even more so than like the tangible similarities I feel like there's just an energetic like you were talking about it's like we're just on the same page like it's something about the life experience and the passion and the ambition of like changing the world and like it comes together in this really beautiful way because you get to express your genius in one way and i get to express my genius in one way and we get to work together on that to like create magic um so that's that's why i love doing this work so much (laughs) and you mentioned something about there really being like a clear turning a point a clear turning point with the magnetism and really attracting the clients that were like soul aligned clients. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear like, is there, and I know you already mentioned there, you really owning your worth and things around there, but is there anything else that you feel like played into that? Or do you have a process that allows you to determine if somebody is really a soul aligned match? That is a really great question. Um, I feel like in the beginning I had to have a little bit more discernment. Um, and also like I think we can give ourselves like depending on where you're at in business like in the beginning I was kind of like 
didn't know how to have as much discernment, but also I was saying yes to more things because I was like, I kind of need the money. Like, you know, let's be real. Um, and so, it, yeah, like it's kind of hard to put words to like that shift that happens. Cause I think for me, it's, it was, it was so energetic. Um, Okay, so I have like a couple of things coming to mind and and I definitely don't want to downplay the the energetic shift because I think that was really that was really the one. Like and not only because it started changing my outer world, but it really started changing how I related to my own work and myself and just my day-to-day routine and like yeah, like how I felt about my work. So that that changed so massively. Um but also like I, this whole year, I've been in a year long mastermind. Um, And so I've made so many connections through being in that space. And that was one of the reasons that I joined in the first place. It was like, yes, I want to be in this space to get coached and learn so much and be in this community. Like that was most of it, I would say. But then I was also like, oh, but like on another note, like there's, these are the exact clients that I want to work with. And, um, and so I've made a lot, a lot, a lot of connections through both my coach and everyone else in the mastermind. So I cannot stress enough the value of getting in the room. And I think we all know that at this point um, for so many reasons. And it just, it worked so well for me um, as a designer because there is, there's just demand for it. So Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, and, and there's demand for like what I specifically bring to the table. So it's, it's just, it was a perfect combination of things. I think just happened slightly out of synchronicity and slightly through intention and taking action. Um, That makes so much sense. And I, I love that perspective on masterminds too, because we know kind of like the general basics of like being in community, being supported to go bigger, be, you know, having the sisterhood to rise with all of those things. But then some of the things that aren't like, just like that is like, you actually have leads in a group like this, or people refer you, or uh-huh. like, it's a very tangible that, um, your business can grow just from networking and from making those connections that are super aligned. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. It's so juicy. And I think like that was actually now that I'm thinking about and talking about it even more, I think that really was a huge turning point because my business now, which I know as a graphic designer, this is a bit different from like, you know, if you're a coach, uh, whatever you're kind of coaching, you're doing um, probably most of the women listening to this podcast, but um, like my network is pretty much referral based. Like I, I don't actually do that much marketing, like the way that I market and the way that I bring more people in is by showing up so fully for my clients and then they share on social media and then it's like who does your graphics it's like oh my gosh Sierra like go to her um so it's 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 a lot through referral and I think that's how I like I I I just tuned into the right community at the beginning and so like the the like mycelial network the ripple effect in them like the network is just they're just my people and so it's like and so when people come to me and then to answer one other thing I wanted to say to kind of answer your question is like how do I decide or just discern, you know, mm-hmm. if someone who's coming to me is an ideal soulmate client, like if it's someone that I'm like, would be literally like so happy to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, 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 it's very intuitive. Like I know right away if, even if I don't know the person, like when you reached out to me, I was like, I love her already. Oh my yeah. God. Like it just felt so right. Um, so at least that's at least how I do it is it's very, it's very intuitive. And I've just learned over the years to trust that. And it pretty much always works. Doesn't yes. lead me astray. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's such a good way to, to discern. And I think energy speaks louder than any words people can write in an application or anything like that as well. Like when you connect, you connect. 
Um, so more specifically on like your branding, creative genius, as far as branding goes, like if somebody is either working with a graphic designer or maybe they're designing their own graphics, are there some key components around branding or graphic design that really pop out to you as being like really important in, in the process or like specific components of branding, like whether that's fonts, colors, you know, like what is it that would be like your top one or top three things? Oh, I love this. Okay. Yes. So my top three things definitely are, and on, (laughs) I don't even do photos, but photos Mm. like, yeah, it's like photos, fonts, and colors in terms of like the visual part of your brand. And we can talk about the energy that's same, same, but different. Um, But yeah, like I cannot stress enough the value of getting yourself a brand photo shoot, like invest in that. If you haven't already, it is going to change the game, I promise. Because when you go to um, make graphics out of those photos, if it's, you know, it, it just up levels it so much and having photos of you embodying your energy and like intentionally doing the photo shoot in a way that's like, oh yeah, this, like, I'm just gonna let my energy and my power like come through these photos that comes through the graphics, like the energy is there. Um, and then, you know, the fonts and the colors are, you know, they're more than the cherry on top but I think I just want to stress how important photos are that's just one part um and then you know with fonts and colors like ah, I could go down such a rabbit hole like I did I did a master class recently that was like an hour and a half just talking about like how to do program branding and fonts and colors and stuff um but you know it's I and I have some resources actually um if if anyone is interested in diving deeper we can maybe talk about that at the end I mean Canva if you're inside of Canva there's lots of good fonts fonts in there but what I usually recommend which this is maybe easier to explain if when there's a visual but I'll do my best so what I usually do this is just take some notes for y'all listening (laughs) Yeah. If you want. Um, I like having like a main header, which is kind of like your most creative font. Like it's it's the unique one. It's the one you use for program titles. It's kind of like the font of your brand. It's like the primary thing with the main header. You don't want to use it for like paragraph font usually because it's a little bit harder to read most of the time when it's smaller. Um, And then I like to have a bold header, which is just like a really standard sans serif, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's just like, you know, Arial is like a sans serif font. There's nothing fancy going on it's just the letters um to have like a bold one for that so you can bold you know like the date of your program or like something else that you want like smaller but to also still pop um but to be really clearly legible um and then and then the most fun part in my opinion about fonts um is like the script font so you want to have like a font like a handwritten cursive kind of script font to go as like a as like an accent here and there um and again this is a font that you don't want to you know write paragraphs with it's people aren't gonna be able to read it um So just, yeah, to use it as a pop here and there and then have a paragraph font that is really, really simple and easy to read. Um, So that's kind of like the four main types of fonts that I like to guide people into. Like that's exactly what I do for my clients when I'm doing branding packages. That's how I have it organized when I do program branding, like for you, Kat, Um, you already had your fonts and everything. But um, yeah, that's that's how I like to organize that. And colors is a bit more intuitive. And there's lots of ways that you can choose 
colors. Um, and what I like to do is with my clients, I'll have, you know, their, their color palette. That's like their brand. And maybe it's four or five colors. And usually I like to have like one or two primary colors. So say, and I like to also choose colors based on the chakra system uh, personally. You can do like regular color theory if you want, whatever resonates with you. There's no wrong answer, but I love using the chakras. So like, yay. Yeah, it's so good. Um, It resonates resonates with a lot of people. So I love it. Um, Yeah, say like you run a business. It's all about like sensuality and um, maybe even like, you know, self-pleasure rituals and like that kind of, it's very like sacral chakra based. Like you might want to throw in like a deep red burgundy or like, or like if if it's more of your vibe, like a deep orange or even a bright orange, like, cause those colors are very associated with the root chakra. So when people come across your page, your, your whole vibe, they're just going to immediately, even if their mind doesn't know anything about the chakras, like their, their body will know, um, like, Oh, that's what she's about. Like, I want, give me some of that, you know? Um, And then, so I kind of like to build the whole color palette from there. Like you choose, and you can do this with specific programs too. Like if say you're a sensuality coach or something, and then you have a program that's all about uh, vocal awakening, you can bring in some like blue and green because those are like those higher chakra colors. Um, So maybe you use like a really, like a teal blue or something with like the deep burgundy and those can go really well together. You want to make sure that they look good together, obviously, as well. Um, So you can play with it a lot in that kind of way. Um, And then the rest of the colors, honestly, can just be like neutral support colors. Like it doesn't have, you don't want to overwhelm your palette. I love beiges, grays, black white like I use them almost more so than like the primary colors so oh my gosh that was like a deep tangent into fonts and colors no it's so Um, good I love the color because many people may have heard of like color psychology I know with like branding and marketing just like basic stuff like knowing color psychology and looking at major brands and kind of noticing why they choose certain colors like Victoria's Secret everything's pink and but I love the way you do it with the chakra system because it's like a spin on the traditional color psychology but based on a more intuitive spiritual energetic system ah I'm obsessed with that that's so good and I think it makes sense like even thinking about a lot of colors that I use a lot. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That correlates like the crown chakra and like just different, um, different chakras. I I love that. That's so good. Okay. So on the theme and on the note of creativity of energy, um, are there times, and I know this is your zone of genius. So maybe you're like, no, I'm always just creative, but are there times where creativity feels like really hard for you or you're feeling a lack of creativity or in your rut because I think that oftentimes especially you know like posting on social media if you're a coach or something and you're doing a lot of posting on social media and you're a lot of like that's creativity right like thinking putting your words together or like creating content like creativity is so impactful for coaches for entrepreneurs for leaders, like creativity is such a powerful trait for a leader because it allows you to be innovative. And, um, I would love to hear about what you do. Like, do you hit these ruts? What, what do you do when Mm -hmm. you face them? Do you have any rituals or practices that you, that you use or that other people may find helpful? Mm. Yeah. There's so much good stuff in there. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I'll start with the, (laughs) yeah like creative block creativity block or when you're in a rut or resistance or whatever like oh my goodness I can't even tell you like I 
nowadays, honestly, it happens less. Um, and I'm grateful for that. But also, like most of my life, and I've been painting since I was in high school, and I've been doing ceramics since I was in high like I I've always been doing something creative in my life. And ah, like something really, really fascinating happens, and I really want to normalize this. Um, you know, when you start to care really deeply about what you're creating and what you're bringing into form and what you're communicating and what you're expressing, um, more resistance shows up. Like the more that you care, the more like, it's almost like, and it, the resistance can, and attention can come from so many areas, right? It can be like perfection. Like I want to create this, but it has to be perfect. So I never do it because it's never going to be, you know, or it could come from like pressure from somewhere else, like needing to create something in particular, or what, you know, like it can come from all these different ways. But, um, I do notice that pattern is like when you, yeah, when you really start to get serious and like really passionate about creating something, I guess for some people it can just flow right through, but I think for most of us, you're met with some kind of resistance. And, you know, like I said, it could be anything, self-worth, whatever. Yeah, I've gone through long phases in my life of being completely stuck and being like, like, you know, back when I wasn't doing design yet and I was painting, it would happen a lot. I would start a painting and have a strong vision and be like so in it and like start it. And then, you know, there was this one painting that I, I took like a year of not doing anything on it because I just couldn't. Um, and I learned something really important in that process. And I think like, and this is the part that I really want to normalize and make, you know, give you all permission. If you're in a, in a phase of resistance or feeling stuck, like let yourself be stuck. There's something there for you. Like it's not just happening to you as like a bad thing that you have to demonize yourself for, or like find some part of yourself that's wrong or bad for feeling stuck and not creative. Like there is something there for you. And it's just a matter of learning how to actually let yourself feel what's, what's there to teach you in that resistance. Um, and so for me, you know, in, I guess the longest stage of my creative block, like it was for me, it was a lot about purpose. Like I did, I felt purposeless and I didn't know where I wanted to go in my life. And so, you know, before, and <laughs> before I could finish the painting, I realized like I had to do that work um, because then what came through as a way to finish that painting was so related to what I learned in that process. Um, and so I've kind of stopped, like if, if I'm in a, if I'm in a rut of like, I just don't feel creative. Like I don't feel like doing anything, the very first thing I'll do is like, accept it. I'll be like, okay, okay, cool. Cause that's, you know, the more you resist your resistance, the more it will come, you know, and happen. Um, and so that's the, that's the very first thing, um, you know, and then if you're, if you find yourself able to be like, okay, with not feeling creative or inspired, like if you're okay, sitting in that uncomfortable place, then I would move into some movement practices, some journaling, some, you know, other kinds of things that might spark your creativity. Like for me, what I'll do in those moments is, oh my, yeah, there's, and it kind of depends on where you source your inspiration from. Like if you're really inspired by, for, for example, listening to podcasts, like I, that lights me up. I'll just go and turn one on while I'm making breakfast or something. And then I'm like, 
I feel so good for today. Um, and also being out in nature really inspires me like to just get out and like get away from everything, especially if some of your resistance is coming from pressure or like time or something, get out, go in nature, like be quiet, be still, and then just listen, you know, try to try to really listen to what is coming to you because often that is a key for your next phase of inspiration. Um, another thing I love to do is just literally any kind of movement, like working out is great, but for me, it's usually like, I'll put on a playlist that I love or a song that I'm just really vibing with and just dance. Um, and no, it doesn't have to be pretty. It can be like the most hideous, ugly thing in the world that you never want anyone to see. But as long as it feels good, it's going to help you tune back into both like your emotions. If you're feeling like you need to release something and you know, what fills that space when you release an emotion, usually inspiration and guidance. So, um, yeah, anything that can get you moving, moving your feelings, emotions, and energy is just going to help so much in, um, finding inspiration. And the one last thing I'll say for now is really struggled a lot in my life with feeling numb and depressed and, and like stuck. So this work really hits home for me. Um, and you know, like I've been in stages of my life where I don't even have the energy to get up and put on a song and move like, and that's totally okay. Like, don't, make yourself wrong for not being able to do a practice that's going to get you inspired. Like just really trust the process. So much gold there. So many good practices. And I completely agree. I mean, those are all of the same things that if I'm feeling stuck that are really beneficial for me. And I don't know Mm -hmm. many people that at least one of those things wouldn't help really be able to spark more energy. I mean, more creativity and energy really. Um, what about meditating? Because I know that you said (laughs) that you have a background with, um, Buddhism or like Mm. at your Buddhist college, did you, do you meditate often? Because I was thinking when you were talking about getting still being in nature and people that may be more resistant to just sitting and meditating, Mm. like in Mm. your traditional, just kind of like sitting there type meditation, I find that going for walks in nature or like slower yoga or Shavasana can be a powerful like sub for meditation, but side note with all the other things, I'm just curious, like, do you meditate or did you, when you were in school? Yeah. Such a great question. Um, I've, yeah, I've been on a journey with meditation for a long time now. So I, yeah, I almost, it's almost like I can forget about the, the magic and like magnitude of its power sometimes, but I, I actually don't do, I don't currently have a sitting meditation practice. Um, my, my meditation practice over the years has turned into much more like, you know, creating something in a really intentional, you know, kind of way that's very meditative. Um, and I, I think just, it, it really depends on, the type of person that you are like if you tend towards feel like for me I, t- I tend towards feeling more stuck and stagnant and so movement meditation is so important for me and so if you're the type of person that's like go 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 a lot of i think business owners entrepreneurs are this way actually um if you're just like wake up in the morning and you're like okay i got i gotta go I gotta, like give me coffee you know <laughs> yeah. just go 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 then then explore that edge, get yourself a meditation cushion and download some guided meditations. I think that having a guided meditation actually like to listen to while you do it can help your nervous system learn to land in the stillness if it's new to you, um, rather than just sitting in silence. Like that can be really intimidating. And even for me, like at first and still, like sometimes I'll sit down and be like, 
okay <laughs> this yeah is uncomfortable no um, I totally yeah. I totally agree actually what you said reminds me a lot so actually um back I don't know when it was several years ago like one of my for one of my second or third yoga teacher trainings, so I've taken like seven now, <laughs> but one of my early yoga teacher trainings was actually a hundred hour training in yoga for anxiety, depression, and trauma informed mm. yoga. And something that was the key message there is like meet yourself or meet people where they're at. And I think what you said, like, as soon as you started saying, it, I was like, of course, she said she kind of like leans more towards depression than the anxiety. Like I think yeah. of go, go, go as more anxiety, like overactive and Same. then depression more as kind of like stagnant, stuck energy. Mm-hmm. So in that practice, like thinking back to that would be like meet people where they're at. If they're feeling more of that slow energy, you're not going to have them sit or like, like lay in silence. Cause that's what they want to do already. They need to like right. get out of that and like yes. get up and start standing and move. And then the people that are like, go, go, go like me, ADHD over, like overly anxious that it's like, okay, slow way down, <laughs> like force the meditation. Yes. Um, yeah. no, I love that. So side tangent, but still relevant because it all plays in together. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So last question that I want to ask you before we chat about where people can find you and some of these resources that you mentioned and things like that is what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? (sighs) Oh my gosh. I want to like feel this one for a sec. This is such a good question. Um, oh my gosh. I think what it means to me to be a wealthy and well woman is to be connected to myself. Mm. Because, you know, I was thinking like the like how it feels every day to be a wealthy and well woman. It like feels it feels abundant and easeful and like restful and inspiring and flowy. Like those are all words that I would associate with me feeling, you know, being a wealthy and well woman. Um, but like what, what precedes all of that? It's like a deep, deep connection with myself. Um, yeah, like alignment, alignment. Yeah. Deep alignment with myself and acceptance, like acceptance of who I am like what I'm supposed to do in this world. And, and um, yeah, I'm just, what's coming to me right now is just like doing, doing the work to really be so comfortable in your own skin. And that can be the hardest work because right. We have all this trauma and conditioning, but like, that's for me, what has led to being able to feel so aligned and in tune with my intuition and my creativity and my work in the world is like, and I know you can relate with this, but just, yeah, like, Ah, go to the depths, go to the depths because there is extreme magic there. And, um, it's just so much more pleasurable and amazing to like be in a body that you love, um, rather than a body that you're fighting with all the time. So that's what it means. I think I to love me. that. Yeah. I love that answer. Yes. Thank you. And where can people find you? And I know that you mentioned the resource and we can leave everything um, in the show notes as well, but where's the best way to follow along? Yeah. So I am, I'll give you my Instagram and my website. Those are the two main places. Um, so my Instagram is sierrarose.creative. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. I not on it all all the time but I'm on it a lot and I just love to con- that's where I love to connect with people so if you want to connect with me 
go into my DMs, like don't hesitate. Um, and then my website uh, is sierrarosecreative.co, um, which is also a, a good place to go. Although I would say Instagram is much more up to date and you know, we all know this, things move so fast and you can't always update everything, but that's my website. Um, and I have, I have a freebie. Um, it's called brand purpose, but it's really amazing. It's, it's like, we'll just basically prompt you to go really deep with yourself and, um, and connect more with your brand. And there's some other resources there. There's actually a sweet little discount in the emails that go out after the freebie that can get you half off to, um, masterclass that I just did recently about uh, magnetic program branding. So we go into all sorts of stuff. So that's just one thing. And obviously you don't have to do the masterclass, but the workbook is free and I think that it's really valuable. So um, that's on my website. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we'll do um, drop the links in the show notes as well. Sierra, thank you so much for coming on today. It was so lovely to have you. Thank you. That was so good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.